it requires us to be authentic with our people, with our customers, and with our other stakeholders. So I think communication will continue to be very central to making sure these relationships are harmonized and allowed to thrive in the workplace. Hi, I'm Murtaz Versi, and this is Engage Relate Perform, the show that helps leaders and organizations drive long-term results by fostering relationships and enhancing engagement. If you're looking to seriously improve your team's performance while impacting lives and succeeding at driving long-term results, then this is the show for you. It doesn't matter that you already have that dream title or simply curious about how far you can challenge yourself. I'll be giving you practical tips, relevant commentary, and valuable insights about how you can engage and utilize relationships with talent, community, and other stakeholders around you to achieve the best results and help them stick long-term. Get all the latest information at mutazaversi.com forward slash port. Once again, it's M-U-R-T-A-Z-A-V-E-R-S-I dot com forward slash port. If you keep up with uh, me on social media, that's at Mutaza Versi, you'll know that I was recently featured on Fenisi program as a panel judge and presenter about a month and a half or so ago, and I loved it. So naturally, in the spirit of engaging and relating, I reached out to Sarah Majengo, the founder, to come on the program and discuss engage, relate, perform, and leadership through the generations. Really quickly, I want to give you an amazing opportunity to download my very free, very useful, very much for you, ebook titled Engage, Relate, Perform, 90 Days to Conscious Leadership and Performance Culture. It is a 90-day effective guide to get you inspired for your leadership journey daily. These are practical tips you can follow every day to guarantee you give and you get the best out of the existing relationships for long-term results. As I say, it takes 90 days to create a lifestyle. That's what culture means, a way of life. So if you want to do the work, but still enjoy the journey and above all, look forward to it day by day. Then go to mutazaversi.com forward slash pod and download your copy of Engage, Relate, Perform. 90 days to conscious leadership and sustainable performance. Sarah Majengo is a strategic communications professional with over 20 years experience in strategy, communications, public affairs, business development, and marketing. She has delivered successful outcomes for companies by addressing strategic, operational, and leadership challenges for major local and international brands, helping them navigate complex market and operating environment dynamics. She's an advocate for work-life balance, noting its value for the thriving society, who is passionate about developing people. Sarah is the founder of Fonisi Program, a learning and a networking platform that equips middle managers with essential tools to elevate their careers and excel in their entrepreneurial pursuit. Sarah is also a member of the board of New Forest Company and Capital Mining Services. Leaders and leaders, I present to you Sarah Majengo. And Sarah, welcome on board, Engage, Relate, Perform. Thank you so much, Murtaza, for having me. It's good to be here. Great. At the launch of this podcast, I had a sister, Santina, as a guest, and I highly recommended that episode as well. I see this as a coming full circle. Here we are talking about leadership through the generation, and both you and your sister, a generation, have been on board discussing leadership. Is it coincidence or fate? 
You're right. I didn't even think about it that way. <laughs> yeah. In June, uh, in June of 2021, I had uh, my son Ali Raza and Zina Tower on the show. Both wonderful episodes and deserve to be checked out again and again. They both showed me and listeners the difference in how we communicate, particularly across generations. Millennials, for example, prefer more feedback and open communication, while Generation X are more self-reliant and value honesty. Perhaps you and I grew up with more hands-on, some call command style of leadership, where no questions are asked. And given how the current workplace uh, is mixed with a number of generations working alongside one another, miscommunications become commonplace, I guess, because managers are not well equipped to work with each other, which is a group's strength and weaknesses. And how can we lead without good communication? So for the purpose of this discussion, the six main leadership style uh, that we talk about is visionary, coaching, democratic, affiliative, pace setting and commanding. So take us through how you view the current trends leading across generation and with his six styles in mind, tell us how you see leaders adapting to secure long-term success, Sarah. Thank you, Murtaza. That's a big question. Um, and, and as you know, when you're dealing with people, it's a Pandora's box. It's not um, something that's easy to navigate. But um, at the outset, I would say, is just building on... Um, on the relational aspect, um, as you have rightly pointed out, um, the younger generation craves for connection. They crave for purpose and they crave um, understanding a vision. And once you are able to uh, communicate that well, you can count on their support. But there are things that they require for them to have that buy-in. Um, you know, um, for them to go along. Like you said, I'm a Gen X, don't have that. Um, I don't have that as a prerequisite in terms of my relationships in the workplace. Um, like you said, there was that command style of leadership where you do as you're told, don't question authority um, and all the hierarchical structures that come with that. Um, Fortunately, unfortunately, uh, depending on your leadership style, we have now um, a place where X, Y, and Z, the millennials, are all operating in the workplace at the same time. So as leaders, it's really important that we find ways to work with one another. And so it's very fitting that your engage, relate, perform model really speaks to that and how we can all enhance performance in the organization by utilizing a mix of these, um, of these um, styles. I'm not sure if I've answered your question, but I feel like I have. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you know what, what you're saying is the truth of the matter is that connections are becoming more and more critical, especially in this technological age uh, where the different generation uh, understand uh, or use technology in a different way for different purposes, right? right? Um, and if you look at the uh, second point where you put it very clear that, you know, they need to have a sense of purpose. They need to understand purpose. What is the purpose, mm -hmm. the why? 
uh, of what mm-hmm. they do and, you know, understanding where they want to go or where do we want to go together. Now, if you take these three together and if you look at other generations like our generations, I believe we did not have a why or we, if we did, it wasn't really articulated well. The vision was was really created by someone else, not by me, to say this is how we're going. And there was more of about uh, developing more followers uh-huh. than leaders. And so how do you see uh, in organizations like now, the generations looking forward to, to lead or to take charge and, and deliver the vision or drive the vision, drive to the, towards the vision with different generations. Right. Um, so I think there's, there's several things that um, from a leader pers- leadership perspective that can be done. Um, you know, I am, my field is communication and um, what we still struggle to do is really relate to one another through communication. And um, in my view, you can never over communicate. And really, communication really just requires us to come as we are. Obviously, the protocols observed of the communication aspect, but really, it requires us to be authentic with our people, with our customers, and with our other stakeholders. So I think communication will continue to be very central to making sure these relationships are harmonized and allowed to thrive in the workplace. Also, you mentioned coaching in your intro. So coaching continues to, um, well, let me not say continues because for me, I think it's something that I've discovered recently in the last two, three years, but coaching will start to play a really big role in, in the way organizations are run. And by that, I mean, you know, coaching is completely different from mentoring, you know, and I don't think that we fully understand this um, aspect whereby mentoring also has a has a way where uh, people are looking up to us by our example and so forth. Whereas coaching is really allowing the individual to develop and maximize their potential themselves. It has to come from them. So you are really transferring that ownership to the individual. And now it's been shown also that this is a more sustainable um, way of getting um, performance, um, individual performance, as well as uh, organizational. So yeah, I think that what we will see is really, and I don't want to say let's just focus on the individual too much, but you know, we're coming out of COVID and we have already seen how uh, the numbers globally have seen a lot of exits in the workplace where people are voluntarily resigning. So that means there's been a shift and people have had time to reflect about what does work mean to them? And so as leaders, yeah, we really need to find a way to, to pivot and, um, blend different styles to accommodate uh, employees. Yeah, I mean, those those are vital points that you've said. Uh, I'd like to come in uh, on two points, though. One is about authentic authenticity. Uh, let's dwell a little bit about authenticity first before I go to the next point, which is going to be coaching then and mentoring. But authenticity, let's let's define it. What, what, would, what do we understand by that authenticity? What does it mean in the real world when we talk about leaders have to be authentic? <laughs> 
Yeah, another big question, because you also have, um, again, in my line of work, I see this a lot, where you also have people faking to be authentic, if you get what I mean. So, <laughs> so authenticity really is just um, being yourself, obviously, again, within a certain construct, but not being afraid to be yourself. Um, and that means also allowing maybe some of the gaps that you may have to show. So there's also an aspect of vulnerability in, in being authentic. We have this debate all the time. Uh, for example, like if you're facing crisis, is it okay to tell your team that you don't know? Now, there's two different schools of thought. Some people say they would never let their guard down and say, I don't know to a team. And there are others that are, are quite okay with saying that actually we're in this together and I can't be sure about tomorrow or next year. So yeah, it's really such a balance, but it requires those three aspects that I've um, shared, you know, be who you are, allow for your gaps or your humanness to show and a level of vulnerability. Yeah, I, I think that's that really uh, describes authenticity. And when you talk about faking authenticity, <laughs> I have also seen uh, that happen at workplace and many organizations are suffering big time with that. The lip services, yes, I'm authentic. And I, uh, and then there's that denial of saying I'm not authentic, uh, yet they know that they are not authentic. And when I look at putting their guard down and saying, well, you know, I just don't know this. I see if there are leaders who they come out uh, and say they don't know that, um, they're more respected uh, they're more engaged, uh, they're more, they, they, they transform cultures in organizations to be more of a learning culture. And, and in that they perform. But I also see there is a lot of that in the generations that we, we are working with. The older generations where the command was the style, it's absolutely uh, not common for them to come out and say, to put the guards down. Now, not all of them, but quite a number of them already. Uh, but, but you see that quite a bit. But if you look at the uh, younger generations, the Generation X and Generation Y, they're, they're pretty open with that. They feel, well, you know, the world is large. The, the dynamics are changing. Uh, or it's a global village and the dynamics are changing. Uh, and if you don't know, you don't know, you're open to learn. And that's, 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 that's a critical part. But then that comes, me, comes to my next question is about uh, emotional intelligence and coaching. What is your view or what is your feel about coaching in terms uh, of understanding that perspective, but also managing emotions and, and, and uh, using emotions or understanding emotions to strengthen relationships? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, another heavy question. Murtaza, you're really going in. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, Sarah, it's, it's going to be, I, th I think you're doing a great job out there. Uh, and I think those, these are uh, real uh, questions that people want to understand. How do yeah. they 
move to the next level, right? And um, the middle managers are always, they know what needs to be done. The question is, how do they yeah. do it is what we need to help yeah. them with. So I am sure they're going to listen <laughs> to you and say, yes, and learn a lot about stuff from you. Okay. Um, so I want to say about coaching, like I said, I have, I've been introduced to it maybe about three years ago now, where Personally, I took the services of a coach and it has been transformational. Again, um, I want to reiterate the value in coaching um, for all people. And it doesn't mean just for your um, career, but also for your personal development, your relationships, your family. There are certain things that um, having that audience where you are allowed to explore your thoughts deeply that is really helps you thrive as an individual. And so, um, like you touched upon, um, this is what we try to do through Fanisi because our culture in Tanzania also, in spite of technological advances and, and so forth, we still have that traditional mindset of inculcating people into the workplace after, you know, X amount of years in school, etc. So there's still a lot of traditions in the workplace where people are still feeling very um, structured in this command structure like you, you, you spoke about. So um, they, they really don't see like um, a future, I want to say. They almost feel like stuck. And you, can, you find careers where people are in middle management until they retire. So um, what we yeah, what we try to do is just to, to expand their thinking, expand their relationships, because um, unfortunately, the workplace, uh, because you're busy uh, doing the business of your organization, whatever that may be, um, perhaps, and it's no fault to any organization, perhaps there isn't enough time to develop people. And I mean, their sense of identity and their purpose and things like that, which really um, enhance your organizational effectiveness anyway. So um, really that coaching element of, of uh, people development is so key. Um, I know people know how to maybe do a five-year plan, et cetera, but we don't really interrogate that. You find after five years, the, the five years has come, and then they're still in the same place. So we really try to make sure that people are intentional with their plans, not just for five years, but what are you doing today to make sure, yeah, like in five years, you're where you said you're going to be. So that's one aspect. And then there's also emotional intelligence. Again, um, I've been in leadership for so many years, uh, but this is something that you continue to aspire. <laughs> no one really arrives, you know, it's a destination. And, um, and what I want to say about emotional intelligence is really a way of self-governance that will allow you to relate to others, like how to lead oneself. And almost, I think that this uh, this EI will continue to evolve in the way we define it because really EI is about self. Am I self-aware? Am I uh, aware of my um, affect or effect on others? And so that idea of really refining yourself, uh, fine-tuning all the bits about yourself so that you can bring your best self to the team, 
to the organization, to your family, etc. Um, it will continue to be a big, big role. And what we're finding is that people didn't know about this, you know? Um, and, yeah, true, and true. people didn't mm. know that, you know, it's not okay to have a mood swing. Uh, and I'm guilty of this as well. I mean, just because you're a boss, it doesn't mean that you can have a negative mood swing. You know what I mean? Because people are watching, etc. So all these things that we thought were okay before are coming to light that actually, no, we have to do better. We have to do better at self-regulating um, because it has an impact on the people we're leading and actually on the organization's effectiveness. Uh, and that's that's really important when you talk about personal understanding or regulation uh, and how you govern yourself, because that helps you as a leader now to really relate to other people around you and being mindful about what's happening around you, right? And that's the challenge that we have uh, in a lot of organization. And there's a lot of work to be done um, in the middle management, I think, uh, in terms of uh, succession planning as well, is to help them uh, understand that they have to manage upwards uh, and they have to manage downwards. And I call the middle management uh, as a patty in a burger. And you know, you know, the, the salad is normally down. The mayonnaise is up of the patty. So, you know, you have, they have to manage so that they can still become juicy as an organization. And they play, and they play a major role in transforming businesses for sustainable results, right? So, uh, you know, looking at coaching, I've always felt, and you know, I got really intrigued with Fanisi because that's the place where we need to create impact. That's the place where tomorrow's leaders will take their organization, community, and the country to the next level. And I see that coaching is becoming more and more critical in this. Because I remember when I did my emotional intelligence certification, and that was in 2014, and it was still new in the global uh, arena as well about emotional intelligence. But as I go, uh, as we see things moving now, we see a lot of uh, emotional intelligence and leaders trying to, you know, because the terrain has changed completely for all types of leaders, all generations, uh, and now they're finding their places back uh, on the field. So, yeah, I mean, se talking about self-governance, um, relationships, those are critical factor. What's your, what's your way forward in terms of leadership development uh, for different talents now uh, in the organizations? <laughs> so I think I have found my um, calling. Um, I didn't realize when I started Fanisi that the need was so great. And like mm -hmm. you're saying, really to be able for people to allow you in their lives to walk that journey with them. Um, and I think as leaders, we really need to take on this coaching hat because really that's what people need, which is again, different from mentorship. I want to underscore, but coaching, mm -hmm. just allowing that person to have a platform where they can um, bounce off their ideas and really introspect and dig into um, what mm -hmm. they want for their life and who they are as a person. True. So mm. um, really, I want to be able to or rather uh, it's a privilege for me to be able to walk alongside people's journey, introduce them to some of these, uh, like you're saying, there's the emotional intelligence part and there's just one or two other tools like how do I present myself? 
is it okay for me to have like error documents? Uh, actually, it's not okay. <laughs> um, what does excellence look like? And, and, and how do I communicate to my boss or senior management and so forth? So just these little tweaks that I learned in my career, um, just to help people along their journeys as well, um, to fast track their, um, their careers. And also, you know, um, I don't know if um, when Santina was on the show, whether she had a chance to explain to you about the CEO apprenticeship program, but the CEO apprenticeship program is lacking candidates because there haven't been enough people nurtured to now be at that higher level. You see what I mean? So absolutely. Yes. So now it's like the patty illustration that you talked about where there's a layer of patties that are just sandwiched, but not enough buns on top, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so this is what I strive to do is just to make sure there's just like a huge bench strength of capable leaders, especially in this global economy where we're not just looking at Tanzania, but we want to go across different borders uh, to fill some of these positions because we're such a dynamic culture. We're such a thriving population with great ideas that are solving some of our um, pressing development challenges. And I think we have a lot to offer um, the global arena. Absolutely. And if you look at Tanzanians uh, working abroad, they are really successful. Because let me tell you, one of the things that I, you know, the the reason for me to get started with this type of of programs and to see that we can develop uh, engaged, relate, perform was actually uh, looking at Tanzanians like raw Tanzanites. Right. Right. And if you polish them, they become valuable. And if you look at those who are already exposed to other countries, uh, they are thriving because Tanzanians are naturally hospitable people. Right. Customer oriented. They're very, very uh, hospitable. So if you combine the hospital and solutions, solutions oriented as yes, well. Because if you look at the challenges that we've gone through in our uh, in our lifetime, we have always mm. come out of it uh, as winners without realizing that we are winners. Mm. Right. So if we can if we can nurture that and get them exposed and get them the opportunity of budding opening up of a flower that will really change the whole dynamics because from us at noises the way we believe is that leadership is not positional we can be leaders at every level uh, a leader can be a brother can be a father can be a mother uh, can be a supervisor can be a manager a ceo or anyone and so and and for us leadership journey is starts when you're born and uh, everyone goes through the journey until death do us apart So why not just develop more leaders in organizations? Because one of the things, and I don't know if you noticed that, as leaders or positional leaders, we tend to be, uh, and I relate it in terms of restaurant, uh, we tend to be uh, the owner of a restaurant. Uh, We are the cook, we serve the food, and we also want to sell. And the people around us are just helping hand, and uh, we tell them what to do. That's dying out, uh, listening to your original point of the new generation looking at connection, purpose, and understanding the vision. Yeah. So to conclude, tell us what are the three, three takeaways you want your, our listeners to take away today in the terms of the generation gap that we have or the generation or leading through generations rather. 
let me see. But first, can I, if you'll allow me just a couple, a minute or two, I just want to share when I started my career and it was very much this command style leadership that I had to endure. I will call, I will say endure specifically because it was pretty tough because, you know, when you are coming into the labor market and you are fresh from from school, the energy and the enthusiasm that you have is often viewed as a threat in organizations. And it's unfortunate that we don't do more to harness that with our young people that come in organizations because we end up beating it down, you know, um, and, and expecting them and like almost beating them to submission of repression, like you say. Yeah. And I yeah. like the word they use uh, or we used to use is we kijana bona na kimbelebele. Kiswahili. Yes, yes. So um, there is that as well. Kimbelebele or kiherehere. Like, what is it? Uh, yeah. Like your. Anyway, so I would say I think collaboration is key. It's going to be even more key um, collaboration. And I don't mean it from a competitive point of view externally, but internally, we're going to need more and more cross collaboration within departments, within people especially because you have three generations working side by side. You know, now there's this idea of reverse mentoring in the workplace where mentoring is both ways. So it's not because, yeah, it's not only because I'm older that I'm going to be a mentor, but I also can be a mentee learning um, these newer skills of, you know, technology, whatever these um, the newer skills are um, from the younger people, you know, maybe Empathy, seeing the world through a different lens, um, the way a uh, younger generation is seeing it. Um, so we're going to need more uh, collaboration. And I think I'm getting to my second point here as well. This empathy lens, you know, you said something about sustainable development earlier. And it's no coincidence that we're having this chat off of um, our president, Mweshimiwa Samia, um, having gone to the United Nations, Her Excellency has spoken about this climate change agenda. It concerns all of us. So we're going to need to be having more sustainable business models. And this is something that's very important to the younger generation. So embedding sustainability, not only in our business practices, but also as individuals, this is very important for younger generations, this purpose-driven cultures and paradigms that are, are going to prevail throughout the coming years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you very know, the, yeah, the United Nations 2030 agenda speaks very much about this. So it's going to be uh, it's going to continue to be a core uh, part of the way we do business and the way we um, handle people dynamics. And then um, lastly, I just want to say, yeah, what's going to continue to be important is the self-regulation aspect. Yeah, it's um, who I am, how I show up in the workplace. And and that, again, we've spoken about it at length. That's going to be in the way I um, self-regulate or how I'm coaching or how I'm being coached, etc. So I think, yeah, we, we just need to come back to the, the foundation, which is people. Somewhere along the lines, uh, we've been so uh, driven by um organizational effectiveness, looking at the bottom line, uh, process improvement, and then 
just taking our people along with like maybe ad hoc uh, training, but now it's going to be more important to focus on on people. And what does that look like in the post-COVID era? Brilliant. So three points to cover up. You'll need to collaborate, whether you're a senior or a junior, through mentoring or coaching. You got to listen to understand using empathy. And with empathy, you could grow boundaries because the the youngsters need to change or we need to change how the um, the climate change or the climate change will change us if we don't change our behavior towards climate change. And of course, self-governance, uh, uh, managing myself, my purpose, my why, and where do I want to go? With these three, I want to say, Sarah, thank you very much for sharing valuable lessons to all our listeners. And I'm sure if they embrace and learn it will help drive sustainable results before we end up sarah i'm hoping you will do us the engage relate perform the honor of participating in our long-standing traditions we have three things that we need to do towards the end the first one is answering a question that was left by a previous guest and the previous guest was John Scholl. John Scholl is a guru in customer service, global guru in customer service. And he had a question for you, Sarah. What are you going to do to provide relentless customer service in your company, your organization? Now I have to put my business hat on. So I think the customer continues to be more and more key and central to organizations, whether you have one or whether you have, you know, millions. So having said that, it's going to be increasingly important that we move away from those models where we just assume what the customer will want or what the customer wants and continue to incorporate data. Data is starting to play such a huge role in understanding our customer, right? And, you know, with the era of social media now, we cannot take chances of allowing our customers to air their grievances on the uh, digital platform. So we're really going to need to incorporate um, analytics more and more to really see how we can tailor our offerings to our customers. And I know we can't be all things to everyone, but we're going to make have to make sure that we do human-centered design, right? Um so we're going to have to ensure that even from when we conceptualize our offering, we have to ensure that that voice is already incorporated um, from, the, from the conceptualization stage. I hope I've answered your question. <laughs> you have, you have. But you can also look at it, I guess, on the when you talk about customer service, you can also look at it in the perspective of what we were talking about is about how are we going to serve our internal customers relentlessly, right? We tend to look at serving customers, uh, external customers, but we forget to help our internal customers uh, to be able to deliver to our external customers what we promised to deliver. Yes, yes, you're right. Right. And so, you know, the coaching part, the empathy, the collaboration, all that comes into play, I guess, mm. in terms of the... Uh, the customer service uh, perspective internally. But that was brilliant, uh, relentless customer service. The second part of our uh, ritual is you get to ask a question to our next guest. Okay. So what's your question? 
What is the greatest challenge you are facing to managing people right now? Brilliant. That is a question. And we will definitely ask the next guest and we'll tell you who's the next guest so you can listen to the answer. And finally, you get 30 seconds to share your message with the world. My message would be, um, I think this notion of knowledge of self and being self-aware is the work we need to put in to ourselves because I guess knowing yourself helps you really understand what it is you're doing and be of greater service to people. And I don't talk about service in terms of an abstract, but really knowing your purpose and your why helps you really bring the energy and the enthusiasm into everything you do, even into your relationships, your family, your community, everything. And so I think um, let's not ignore ourselves. We're so busy grinding as they say, um, in the day to day that we never really remember us. We never remember me, myself. So what we really need to do is put in the work to getting to know yourself, whether that's through finding a coach or doing the work. There are many resources or joining a program like Fanisi. Uh, but yeah, just do the work to know yourself and the rest will unfold. And on that note, we end this session with Sarah Majengo. Thank you, Murtaza. It was a pleasure to be here. Asante sana. Thank you, Asante. Merci beaucoup. Until next time, have a nice week. You've been listening to Engage, Relate, Perform, hosted by me, Murtaza Bersi. Make sure you've subscribed to this show so you don't miss a single episode. And be sure to visit murtazaversi.com forward slash port to download all the resources, show notes, and all the freebies mentioned in this episode, including your copy of my highly effective ebook, Engage, Relate, Perform, 90 Days to Conscious Leadership and Performance Culture, plus extras just for subscribe. Once again, go to murtazaversi.com forward slash port and get everything you need. And we'll be back next week for more Engage, Relate, Perform.